Hello and welcome back to Business of Film. Uh, this is episode number 74. My name is Jesse Eichmann and you're listening to a crafttruck.com podcast. All right, so like yesterday, just seriously yesterday, I tweeted out, I'm taking the week off or a couple weeks off, just wanted to enjoy the summer and just, just hang out and soak up some sun. And then my buddy Scott calls, Scott Abramovich, He's from LA, currently Montreal, says, I'm doing this Kickstarter campaign, can we talk about it? Uh, and I said, dude, come on the show, uh, let's catch up on air and, uh, and talk about your experiences with this uh, Kickstarter program that he, is, uh, that he is working on. And so we talk specifically about you know, the, the film that, that he's trying to put together, but a lot of the decision points that go into or that have gone into getting, getting this Kickstarter up, uh, the marketing campaign uh, that is around it, how he's targeting audience, uh, just some really practical stuff that I think is just just interesting in general. And I mean, it's not. I, I just want to be clear. It's not like like we're like, hey, go and necessarily fund this project is like something you need to do. But if you resonate with what Scott is saying, then I would definitely encourage you to check out his campaign and just check out you know what he's trying. To, to get done um, Scott is a great guy and this is a very worthwhile project so like hey if you want to check it out you can and you can do that at crafttruck.com forward slash alive crafttruck.com forward slash alive and the name of his project on Kickstarter is Alive and Kicking so uh, I will dive right into the podcast now but one other quick thing that I think is also really cool about my conversation with Scott that I want to highlight here is that for the last 10 minutes or so of the conversation uh, Scott's a guy who grew up in Montreal moved down to LA so we spend 10 minutes talking about the, that transition uh, what that meant for him how he kind of quote unquote broke into the industry um, and just some of his most tactical and practical advice for people who are writers directors and actors all of which I think is really 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 cool so um, if you're digging this pod again please uh, throw us uh, just some love if you if you want to on iTunes that's where a lot of people are able to find this show and of course you can find us anywhere at Craft Truck on Twitter uh, or on Facebook alright you know the score here we go Scott Abramovich episode number 74 Scott hey what's going on how are you <laughs> how are you doing buddy <laughs> good how's Toronto uh, Toronto's great Toronto uh, Toronto's awesome uh, you, you never stop by so I don't know how you'd ever know uh, you know I was there we were there last year when the movie when the movie came out last summer like August, uh, September. Uh, you're gonna have to remind me which which movie was that? <laughs> the uh, the calling. Oh yeah, that's and I right. Was there, I was there. No, I was there after. I was there in. Uh, I was, but I was, I was there for only like a little time, and I had my kids. We were there for the CSAs this year. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah but uh, it was fast. So I haven't been there. I haven't been there where I've had like a few days to work for. Yeah, since probably last time I saw you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a, in fact I I remember that because it was uh, Glickman and I with uh, with Lonnie and you and we were at that I don't know what restaurant you took us to in L A but that I think that was the last time we actually saw one another. Okay, so okay, so, so here's here's the deal. I I, I was going to take a couple weeks off from from podcasting, right? And I just sent out this tweet yesterday saying I'm taking a couple weeks off in the summer. For, for, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm not putting out any episodes this week. Uh, and then and then and then you emailed me, so I'm like, all right, fine. So what I'm going to do is l- let's have a chat now, and then right after, r- literally right after this, I'm going to I'm going to turn it around for you, and I'm going to throw it up. 
uh, online and when and we'll get this out to to all all our listeners, uh, which is which is awesome. So, uh, do you mind if I just roll right into this thing right now, or? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, let me, hold on. Let me just let me just make sure that. Okay, I'm doing this podcasting now, so I need quiet. Nobody come in here. I have a daughter that did, didn't come to camp today. So, what do you need? I don't have it. No. Yeah. All right. Now, ready. <laughs> <laughs> Door closed. Perfect. The, the, having I'm, I'm, we stay at my parents' house, so I have like a little, an office here, but it's also my kid's bedroom. <laughs> it's kind of like whenever I go back home too. I use my my mother's like office bedroom slash. It just becomes this one. I don't know room where shit gets done so yeah, yeah. Every, everything kind of everything kind of happens but otherwise you're, you're you're doing well man like this is this is really cool i went and i checked out the link to this whole kickstarter thing yeah, so, we, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a cold launch we, we were planning a launch we, this is what happened we were planning on launching it next week and so we have everything kind of coordinated for then but but when the women when the u.s team won the women's world cup we're like you know what it's 30 days we're hoping and it's there's been so much noise on on all social media that it hasn't really helped us. Um, I thought what I thought would happen was that, you know, we'd benefit from it, but it's in fact, it's kind of been worse. Um, but we figured that with the U S women winning that, you know, soccer would be on people's brains. Okay. So we, we, we actually have to take a little bit of a step back here because I'm, I'm already ahead of this conversation with you and I got to catch people up to, to where we are. So, so first of all, you, you got to tell people, um, kind of who you are and, and, and what it is that, that you do. So people have a context for, this conversation, besides the little intro that I'm going to do beforehand, but but go ahead, tell 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 everybody who you are, man. Who are you? All right, uh, my name is Scott Abramovich. I'm a uh, writer, uh, producer, and um, going to be director for for this film, Alive and Kicking. Um, I'm Canadian. I'm from Montreal originally. I've uh, been out in LA for about 13 years. On and you know, still working in Canada from time to time and keeping my Canadian roots. Um, and uh, this is this is a project that uh, I've been working on for a couple of years that I'm incredibly passionate about. We've, you know, had different uh, different incarnations of it with a couple of different directors, and because of the way that um, the business has changed for directors for independent films versus television, in terms of you know TV being their bread and butter, um, it just became so difficult to try and schedule this film with flex the flexibility that it needed and have the directors that we had been working with um stay locked in and finally uh, you know i said to the to the producing team you know if we can get a, an incredible dp um i think i can direct this really well and lo and behold we um we randomly or i randomly you know met a dp that i've been trying to work with for years named luke montpellier oh yeah luke who, yeah he's awesome He's the best, and um, you know, told him about the project, and you know, he's got a young daughter, and I sent him the script, and he's like, "I'm in. I love this. This is exactly you know the kind of thing I'm I'm excited to to put the blood, sweat, and tears into." You know, a because it's something that I think uh, you know is important to tell from a story perspective, which so, is what drew me to it. But b because you know, as a father with young kids, this is the kind of movie that you know you'd be proud to to show them and to um, you know even have them be. Uh, a part of it in some ways because it's a story of of you know our generation um, and and the women of our generation and how you know and as fathers too we we can connect. What is the story? What is the story? The, 
the story is it's, it's a true story. It's ba- it happened in Montclair, New Jersey. What happened was this this woman um, named Lisa Chiardi, and we've you know loosely based it on her, um, you know, and, and sort of used her as a jumping out point. So it's not her exactly, but but that was the real woman. She uh, you know she was a soccer mom. Her kids were um, you know playing in in uh, active club leagues there, and one you know, she never played sports before. Uh, but she was really athletic, and she was kicking a ball with, you know, with her kid while, you know, her son was playing on the field. And the coach walked by and saw her kicking and said, "You're really good. You know, where do you play?" And she said, "I don't play." And you know, where would I play? There's no league for women. And from that, you know, little conversation, she, uh, you know, started a women's soccer league along with, you know, some of the moms that that she was um, involved with the, the youth program. Um, and you know they put together uh, this this league and 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 particularly one team you know it's kind of an amalgam of um of some of the stories from the from the book um but we we follow a team of of soccer moms who had never played before and thought oh this is you know this is going to be easy and they start playing against women who've been playing their whole lives mostly younger women who are aggressive and and kind of you know are much more advanced in terms of skill so you know it's part bad news bears in the sense that we're following these you know these women as they mm-hmm. learn the sport and and you know initially aren't aren't very good and and as they improve um but thematically it's about learning the lessons of sports um what it you know means to be a teammate and uh, and doing that uh, instead of as a kid when most people learn it but as an adult um and as a parent when you know you you're expecting to teach the lessons not learn them yourself so let me ask something just because this is based on a true story i don't think i'd be ruining the ending if i ask you do does this ragtag group of parents do, do they win in the end they do, and uh, what they what, what what is amazing is they beat a team that's much more skilled than they are in you know in ways that are to me interesting. You know, the, the best sports movies um, often, for me at least, have a, have a moment on the field that that feels earned. And I think you know the challenge of making a movie where um, where you have women who are clearly at an inferior skill level, um, you know, not only get better but find a way to actually compete and win. Um, was fascinating to, to to make it feel real, and I think we've really done a good job in the development process to um, to make the victory feel earned in the sense that you know we don't feel like our, our women are suddenly superheroes, but what they're doing you know is is very grounded in reality, and um, and also um, in terms of you know the the way that they gr- the ways that they grow as teammates. Um, are, are tangible. I mean, anyone who's played sports before knows what it's, knows what it's like um, when you're trying to win and, and the challenges of, of, you know, telling your teammates that they need to sit off, you know, whatever sport it is. You know, I play ice hockey still actively, and, you know, when we have a team that's mixed in terms of skills, and when it comes to the end of the game or a big power play, you know, it's it's kind of natural to say, okay, well, you gotta you got to sit this one out. Okay, so, so, uh, sorry, so I don't I don't mean to to to, to take you off, but I, but I I, I want to just because there's a lot of story stuff we we can go into sure. on, on uh, for the, for the time that that we have with you, and yeah. um, I I I want people to, to to go check out certainly the, uh, the 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 Kickstarter program that you have there. But before we like is uh, from from a financing perspective, I, I want to kind of steer this a little bit more business and less less story, just because I eh, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> it's called the business of film, so I I try and do that, but um. I, I am curious: is is the Kickstarter campaign right now part of a larger financial structure, or is it, uh, or, or or is that the the primary financing method for the project? 
It's part of a larger financial structure, and, and what it really is going to be taking place of, in a lot of ways, is a tax credit component that we're hoping not to have to tap into. Um, you know, this is, as a Canadian and a, and a Canadian filmmaker who's had, uh, you know, uh, success in terms of making movies in Canada by using, um, you know, tax credit and, and subsidies before, um, and knowing the strengths and weaknesses of that model, you know, this is a kind of story that I, we really wanted to, you know, to make in the U.S. It's an original, it's a, it's a U.S.-based story, and it's not something that I'm opposed to shooting in Canada, but um, the goal with this Kickstarter campaign was to um, sort of offset some of what would, would be the benefits of shooting uh, in Canada and find, and, and find a way to structure this movie in a similar way as we had our, our last movie, but, uh, but being able to shoot it in, um, in the U.S. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so you're not okay. You're you're not going to shoot this in Canada. Then you're going to you're you're. Well, it depends how well we do with this campaign. If we if we hit our our minimum goal, which is which is an ambitious goal of six hundred thousand um, dollars, you know that that makes us more. You know, it, it means we're we're most likely going to shoot it in L.A. Um, if we don't hit that goal, um, or if we hit it at uh, at a higher level, I think we have some. You know, we'll have some challenges to to discuss and see what fits best okay um, so my, my, my question for you is why did you choose kickstarter over indiegogo not that i i mean I, I believe that the two platforms have the strengths and weaknesses but i think for from somebody in your perspective who probably made a conscious choice to choose one platform or the other uh, i'd certainly be interested to know and i believe our audience would be interested to know why did you choose kickstarter for such an ambitious goal versus indiegogo where you can keep what you earn whereas with kickstarter at least my current understanding with Kickstarter is, and I might be wrong, so correct me here, but my current understanding with Kickstarter is you have to hit the goal in order to to um, to keep that which has been donated. Yes, that's correct. Um, you know, we, 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 were, we felt really strongly that Kickstarter was the, the best choice for two reasons. One, because, um, you know, we feel like they have a, a better built-in audience to, you know, to find content. Um, versus Indiegogo, especially on the film platform. Um, and second, because we, you know, we didn't, we didn't want this to be something that if we kind of miss on, if we, if, we, if we don't execute what we're trying to uh, accomplish in terms of the the minimum goal, it, it it didn't feel it didn't feel right to to you know kind of say okay, well if we make a hundred hundred thousand bucks, let's just take that and see what we can do with it. Because to be honest, that that kind of money, while it, it would be great. Um, and you know it's it's enough to shoot a micro budget film, and it's something that you know we can we, we could potentially use, and nobody's going to turn away money. But at the same time, you know we do have a a, um, a pretty solid financial structure in place for this film, and and the six hundred thousand dollar goal that we set is is a, is a number that really makes a difference in terms of uh, us being able to make this movie, no matter what, at a, at a number that's um, that's that's feasible from a production standpoint mm-hmm. that we that, that we want to achieve um whereas if we get below that number while it's great to have that money and we we certainly love it um it's it, it's just not going to change the other version of this movie um and the other version of this movie yeah. is, is still is still feasible if, if we don't achieve our goal but i that that wasn't why we're we were going to the crowdsourcing um platform now the the because obviously the casting kind of plays into the the packaging and what you're presenting to to people online uh how did you go about the casting process right now it looks like uh gil bellows is attached 
Well, Gil, Gil is producing. He's not an, He's not acting in the film. We don't have any cast attached. We're working with um, Lisa London and London Stroud casting, and we have an offer out right now. Um, yeah, I'd rather not say who the, uh, the offer is out to be, because I think that, you know, unless you have a specifically branded film the way that Veronica Mars did or, um, you know, the uh, Blue Mountain State where you had a cast that was already coming together or even Zach Braff's film, which he had cast kind of on his, on his own, you know, nobody wants, nobody wants their name attached to a Kickstarter campaign in the, in the marketplace right now, but especially in terms of the, some of the names that we're talking to. So, you know, as much as it would, it would hugely help to have our lead uh, attached to the, to the campaign, um, what I think is great about this story is that it's not the kind of thing that I think the audience is going to care who the lead is, um, or at least make a difference in the sense that they would back this movie or not back this movie. Um, and so, you know, we're hoping to secure our actress in the next, you know, week, um, but at the same time, you know, I don't think we would announce it on Kickstarter until, uh, you know, until the campaign was over and then, and have it, uh, play out that way. It's just, you know, I, I understand the sensitivity from agent standpoints and we've talked to them about what we're doing and, um, you know, there's a sensitivity to that in, for the, for, for having their actor's name linked to something like that where it's, you know, I don't know if it devalues them in reality, but I think the perception is that it does. That's interesting. Yeah, and I can certainly understand the actor-slash-agent perspective. I mean, if it's something that's somebody's passion project, out of curiosity, is, is um, Mr. Gil Bellows, is, was, was he involved with the real story? Is that, is that why he's attached as a producer to this? Or was he actually actively involved in the producerial and then you kind of brought it to him and wanted to get him involved as a producer for some other reason? Here's uh, here's how it happened. So we we optioned this book, which I you know I read this book about oh, ten years ago, um, when when I first saw it in a bookstore, and you know at that point I was writing but not producing, um, but was interested enough just to be um, curious to look into what was happening with the rights to this to this book. And at the time, they were with a company called Heart Sharp. They, they're the guys who did uh, Boys Don't Cry. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you know this kind of pro- this project was always in the back line. And when we started this production company, um, my producing partner Lonnie and I. This is the fir- one of the first things that I mentioned to him is something that you know I'm really interested in. Um, and and we went out and got the rights to this. And the first person we actually reached out to was Mia Hamm, um, and she jumped on board right away, which was you know for us uh, an exciting. Uh, opportunity to you know to be with you know the greatest women's soccer player of all time no, you know, no disrespect to Abby Wambach but certainly at the time you know Mia wasn't the, the greatest soccer player women's soccer player uh, and then what happened is I, I, I ended up meeting Gil um, through happenstance through um, my brother-in-law who met him at an airport and just was telling him about who, who I was and Gil's just an amazing guy who will talk to anyone and uh, my brother-in-law is a, is a really Big personality and uh, you know fun to fun to meet and so he you know we we randomly connected that way just to you know sort of say oh well I'm Canadian and you're Canadian and, and you know what are you doing and what are you doing and I had seen Temple Grandin which he produced which I absolutely loved um, and I told him about this project and you know it was a female centered film in, in a way that you know Temple Grandin uh, was built around a you know lead female role which. Um, not to say that the projects are similar in tone, because that's really a, a drama, and ours is more of a, 
um, comedy, sports, drama kind of hybrid, um, which is, you know, the kind of films that I love. And, you know, we talked about what we were working on, and he instantly sparked to this project and said, you know, I'd love to read that. And I sent him, you know, an early draft, and he loved it and, and um, became our creative partner on this. You know, the, the script has, uh, you know, the script development, I would owe, you know, the majority of, of what I what I love about how it's kind of transformed to the, um, you know, to the creative partnership with Gil, who's an incredible storyteller. Very cool. Now, when it comes to where you are right now, because you said it's part of a larger financial package, do, is it is the rest of the financing, I don't know whether you have a sales company attached at this point or whether it's all equity or um, other tax incentives from potentially other jurisdictions that you might be filming in, like just how is the, without necessarily diving into any of the numbers or unpacking any of that stuff, I mean, what, what are the big other components to the, to your, to your financial puzzle? We have um, a partnership with um, Media Biz International and um, the, you know, the producer there is Karine Martin. Um, they're based out of Montreal and they've done, you know, she, Karine is, is an incredibly experienced um, you know, financing expert in terms of, you know, she started her career, I think, um, you know, mostly doing gap financing and, you know, their company has turned into sort of a one-stop shop, um, production entity, uh, based out of Montreal and there, you know, they have access, uh, to a, um, to a, to a fund that, uh, that helps support their, you know, their projects. So, you know, the, the majority of the financial structure is based on working with them as well with um, distributors who are interested in this film, um, but at a price point that makes, you know, the tax credit structure sort of a, a requirement. Um, and, you know, by, by, by sort of going through this Kickstarter process, um, what what we're hoping it allows us to do is, you know, if if we hit our our you know initial goal, you know that that leaves the structure that we have kind of in place and gives us some wiggle room in terms of, you know, whether we shoot in a in, in a, a sort of a more desirable tax uh, um, credit location like Los Angeles if we can if we you know get the eligibility there or even you know somewhere like. Louisiana, um, but also leaving the opportunity open to still go back to Canada if, you know, if it makes sense. Um, you know, the, the challenges of shooting in Canada um, are less uh, creative and more about casting, I and mean, that's the biggest, um, the biggest challenge, I think, is to find, you know, find a way to qualify for as many, you know, tax credit incentives as possible um, and, and sort of not have it affect who you put in the film. So okay, okay. So th- this is kind of the, the the critical piece here in my mind, which is uh, because it's come up now a couple times in the conversation. The 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 need to obviously and desire to hit the target that you have is going to be predicated on the marketing that you do to raise awareness for the project. So you know, besides this conversation which is probably a very 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 small and happenstance only part of the overall awareness campaign what are the marketing elements that you are putting in place to spread the word for this project 
Um, yeah, what we're what we're building is mostly a soccer-based uh, marketing campaign, and you know, we our partners, all of our partners on the soccer side, have kind of been uh, coming off of this w- Women's World Cup frenzy, which uh, has kind of tied up their time. And so, the launch that we that we had, which is you know, which was now, um, sort of was was planned for a week from now. Um, and so, what we've done is, you know, between Mia. Um, and her uh, and her team, um, you know, that gives us a broad reach to you know to the the mainstream soccer uh, fans, and uh, you know we're working on some partnerships with uh, with some more uh, niche um, you know companies and and brands in the soccer world. Um, you know, one of them that I can talk about is um, is a company that. Uh, that specializes in bubble bubble soccer, which is a, a sort of a niche um, a niche sport that's that's come out of um, that's come out in the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those at kids' parties, those big bubbles that you know people used to smash into each other. Um, I'm picturing know, I'm picturing here like a huge bubble with someone inside the bubble. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that would be strange if there was no one inside. Um, so, so they've you know they've created we've created a partnership with them. You know, we, when I saw this product a while back, they, you know, the, the first thing that I that I thought is you know how great this would be in the film, partic- particularly because it really exemplifies um, one of the lessons that the women need to learn as they get better. You know, this, this sort of fear of contact. Um, and so we, you know, we partnered up with them to get their product in the film and um, and to uh, you know to raise from their end, you know, get to raise the awareness for their um, you know their product and their sports, which is uh, battleballs.com. So are they? Um, are they actually? I actually want to go there right now. Battleballs.com. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's uh, a, battle. Uh, Balls.com. Uh, in fact, I think anybody who's listening to this just go type in battle balls. Oh, come website, on. If you, go, if you look for them on Twitter, it's the, the battle balls. No, you're screwing you, me you're, up here, man. Battleballs.com. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting it here. I'm not getting it here. Battle-balls.com is their website. Battleballs. Let's see what comes up here. Uh, battleballs.com. Yeah, there is, there, there is a dash. Oh, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Isn't that fun? Are you? Oh, my God. That's insanity. Holy shit. So, I mean, I saw, you know, when I saw okay, this like, product, I, I, if you're, if you're in front of, moment, right? Oh, my God. This is fantastic. <laughs> oh, my God. I want, I want, you have, okay, you're listening to this. You got to go to battle-balls.com. Like, th- that is, that is nuts. That's going to be fantastic. Well, we're going to end up doing. A, we haven't updated the the um, Kickstarter page, but we're we're. It looks like we're going to be um, dude, having you gotta, one of the rewards be. You got to um, you you got to recut your video right now. You got to put, <laughs> put your no no no. I'm ser- I'm serious, dude. You do do this. Like put up a put up a post right now. Go get you and Gil in those battle balls <laughs> and go like are you. That's gold. Go get Gil. Uh, I'm I serious. Want to save it for the uh, for where we have the the women. I mean, Gil and I. Not that we can't be entertaining. Oh, get the I women think. doing. Oh, get the. Oh, get me in that with some. Oh, you, yeah, like, that might on. be interesting. Uh, th- that would be fun. Oh, that is um, brilliant, dude. Okay, so here, let, let, let me ask you this because this is this is really interesting because this is what we're talking about now is um, there's this weird reverb going on here. Okay, what what we're talking about now is. Uh, Finding a marketing hook and finding a way to reach your audience. And what is so interesting about what you got going here is you—you've got a sports drama, right? And 
uh, a lot of the time when it comes to these Kickstarter campaigns or trying to do those theatrical on demand types of projects, which I'm not saying this is, but I'm saying the, 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 the parallel between, because this might eventually go with theatrical on demand model, you never know. But, but what I'm saying is the parallel between that is being able to find an audience that's beyond just the idea that I'm going to get a demo of women between the, you know, the ages of 18 and 44, you know, what you're, what you're, you're, you're targeting specifically soccer players uh, female soccer players or people who like female soccer. Um, uh, you're, I, I think family is too soft from what, because it's, it's, it's too, it's too broad, but you, but you've got this, this, this very specific way of marketing and finding people. And as a drama, the reason why I'm going on this tangent here is a drama that's very, very, very hard to do because if anybody who's out there wants to put together, say a Kickstarter campaign for their, dramatic film if they've got no way to reach an audience like beyond and, and veronica mars is that's a bad example because it, yep. that's that's a project that had seven years whatever it was on tv with you know massive awareness um you know or these star-based uh kickstarter programs which you know come with a star that already has a million plus you know uh, social network and wide i mean it's like for the for the vast majority of people like us who are trying to use a platform like Kickstarter being able to find your specific audience is so 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 critical so my first question to you is and, and by the way that's kind of what I love about the approach they're taking from what from what you're saying have you is Battle Pulse going out to their demo are they are they promoting this for you beyond just putting product in 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 the film are they actually doing stuff to make their the people who like their product know about your campaign yeah, uh, that's that's our that's our plan. Yeah, we're we're talking with them on on um, ways. You know, I think they've, you know, they've they've done a, a minimal amount right now because we haven't really uh, we just launched and we're you know we're really starting to push those buttons. Um, and then you know what we're trying to do is get them to um, you know put something on their website and their and and into their to the specific email list that they have, uh, and that's sort of all of the places that we're working with. Um, you know, having what we're finding now, uh, having this sort of, you know, initial day um, and a half of sort of not much happening, um, is that there's so much noise out there, especially after something like the Women's World Cup, where soccer tweets are just there's just so many of them mm-hmm. um, that the effectiveness of just a simple, um, you know, a simple post is is not what it normally is, and it needs, um, you know, it needs specific pushing. Um, and that's where we're we're working with them to try and really target their the, the leads that they have you know running around the country that that are supported by their um, their product and that they're they run um, and 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 going directly you know to the individuals that are running those leads and having that person you know branch it out to the individuals that they can connect to that way. Um, and uh, you know that's that's sort of what we're doing on a number of different fronts. The battle balls is, I think, the most exciting ones. You know, the other there's another partner that we're uh, working with um, that's more on the um, on the women side of things. Um, and and it's you know it takes it takes a lot of effort to um, you know to get people to to click. And what we're seeing initially is that a lot of people are looking and waiting. Um, and I think that's just natural when when it doesn't have the kind of brand that you know Veronica Mars has built in. 
um, and then the goal is to get them to you know to people to get the, the real connections that they have, like the you know the battle balls and the people that they have, you know, out of their followers. You know, I'd say you know there's a percentage of them that are real, um, you know, sort of real big supporters of of their product. So um, you know you got to get the ones that are really connected close to the um, to the user. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is. You're right. It's a, it's a tough. Um, trying to, I'm trying to draw a good metaphor here, but but yeah, <laughs> I, I I hear I hear what you're saying. Um, so okay, so just kind of I guess moving on from from that. So it sounds like you're going to be in the trenches now for the next I guess four weeks. Uh, but just quickly, was was it a difficult? Uh, pre-planning that you went through was was that I mean you, you said at the very beginning that you kind of had a cold start here I'm just wondering whether that meant you sort of rushed to get it up quickly or whether you spent yeah, a lot of time yeah exactly we, we, we had there was a lot of planning in terms of getting um, getting it structured for the for the release but what we rushed was you know the actual launch just because of the you know the Women's World Cup hype um, so we you know the the, the, the the companies that we're working with um, you know I think the, the, their big push is going to come you know, in a couple of days, um, and we were hoping that sort of the the average casual, um, you know, women's soccer fan, in the sense that you know people who are watching the matches would get you know would get a um, you know a glimpse of the project through social media and and um, and that would be effective on its own. But it, I think what we're finding is it needs to be um, a lot more directed than that, which. Um, you know, it was worth. I think it was worth a try to get, um, you know, to, to get it out there early because uh, you know, with with Kickstarter, you know, you have, um, you know, you have a long window to, you know, to reach your your goal. Um, I think you know, realistically, the majority of um, of these campaigns happen um, either at the beginning or towards the end, depending if you're uh, Veronica Mars, you know, you get it instantly. Um, but then, you know, the more successful campaigns that have been. Um, that have been without that sort of star brand power have all sort of built um, from slow starts to you know to you know some moment where they've hit the hit the zeitgeist. If they you know a lot of it, I think is going to be us getting picked up by um, by some you know media outlets, and, and that's the goal is to get um, you know when Mia has some time, hopefully she'll be able to to really be the one to um, be the face of of what we're doing. I mean that's you know that's what she's here for. That's awesome, man. Uh, look, I, I wish you the best of luck with with this campaign. Uh, it is um, it is a daunting task. I mean, everybody does it, you know, now all the time. So it's not necessarily something that's new. I just think that it's something that's just getting harder to do well. Uh, and so I'm kind of excited to just follow the progress of of this campaign over the course of the next, uh, I guess, month and. Uh, thank you for sharing all all this information so far about about the campaign. I mean, certainly, if if this is successful, and and I and I hope it is, then uh, we'll have to do a debrief uh, at the end of it all because I'm sure there'll be lots of little lessons to to, to come out of it. But um, I guess b- before we before we jump off, is there anything else you you, you want to add about? Uh, well, heck, you know what? Look, let me ask you th- th- this question: Can we can we actually just just move off of? Um, this particular project, for, just because l- l- let's just take five minutes. There's there's one thing that I think is just an important question that I want to just ask you personally, which I think our audience would be interested in. Uh, do, you, do you have another five minutes or so? Of course, yeah. Okay, cool. So, 
you're a guy who grew up outside of Los Angeles, uh, like many, many, many people out there who have contemplated moving to Los Angeles. And so you made that jump. Um, and you've been in L.A. now for how long? Uh, it's 13 years. All right. So uh, just from the time you set foot in L.A., uh, uh, can you just talk to us a little bit about sort of what what that experience has been like, kind of just and going going to L.A., kind of setting up shop, trying to build a network of people there and trying to, to develop projects in L.A.? Because I just, I just think that it's something that, I mean, lots of people do it. We've never spoken about it on the show in depth. Um, you're the first guy that I kind of know, you know, who, you know, who, who really went through that process. And just, I just, I just know that'd be something that's of interest to me. And I think that'd be a lot of interest to the people who are listening. So if you, if you just, 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 just free flow of ideas, what was that kind of the last decade of building that network like in LA for you? Um, you know, when you go down there, um, it's fairly easy to get your feet wet and just you know, get introductions in the sense of, you know, oh, so-and-so is, you know, connected to the industry in this way. Um, and so you can, you know, meet uh, some people who, um, you know, who are sort of in the industry, for lack of a better word. Uh, but that doesn't really help you at all. I mean, the, the, the thing about L.A. is that there's, you know, there's just so many people out there that are trying to do the same thing, whether it's acting or writing um, or, or directing or producing. I mean, there's, there's just, just so many people out there that are, that are hungry and trying to, um, you know, to get, to get their break. Um, and I think that, you know, from my experience, um, you know, as a writer, there's a different kind of angle than it would be if you were wanting to be an actor. Um, you know, because I think as a writer, you know, you do control what you write. Um, and so what I was focused on doing when I came out there was, um, was writing and it was less about the relationships because I think relationships are great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, content that you can control in whatever way, shape or form. And, you know, when I moved down there, um, it wasn't feasible for actors to, you know, to create their own content the way it is now. Um, but if you know, if you really w- want to get in, into the entertainment industry, uh, you know you have to learn the craft and you have to execute the craft. And I think that's um, you know something that I, I coming out of um, out of law school. You know, I had a really good work ethic, um, and I think that that served me well to you know to actually sit down like I had a real job, even though I was you know I was working as a lawyer you know, part-time just to pay the bills. But, you know, I was basically working, my day was writing. Um, and, you know, I treated it like a job, and I wrote scripts. And I, and, and it, it took me, you know, a year to get an agent. Um, and then, with you know, within the next year, I was working full-time as a writer um, at Disney writing uh, movies. Um, and I think, you know... I, I, you know, the, some of the people that have had that I know that that moved out there in the same way had to have different roads to, um, you know, to where they are. And in fact, I know some. I know I have a friend who's uh, who's actually a, a lawyer now, but you know, he's an incredibly successful writer, kind of right off the bat, um, and had a couple movies made. Um, and then you know, he had a writing partner, and that and that partnership dissolved. It kind of ended his career in a strange way because he had lost 
the identity that you know that the industry knew him as and and to redefine himself after you know after sort of getting the taste of success was very challenging you mean because he was writing with a writing partner and his writing partner was yeah no longer, uh, right? you know you're 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 you become uh quantifiable as a writer especially once you've had some sort of success um you know for me the big biggest challenge was how do i get out of the animation um you know bubble which you know i was writing sequels to the big disney movies and um you know when i when i left disney um, you know, the work that I was getting was you know, animation rewrites, and I didn't want to, that's not what I wanted for, you know, from a creative standpoint, and that's when I started getting into producing. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that, you know, the, the, big, the best advice I give people when, when I inevitably get asked this question by relatives or friends or people who want to get into it is to, you know, is to control as much of your craft as possible. You know, if you're a young actor, um, you know, write or find some people that you can write with um, and, and create some web content that showcases what you're really good at and learn to be good at it. Um, and if you're a writer, you got to read and you got to write. And if you're a director, you got to find ways to make short films and maybe micro-budget feature films and, and to, you know, to use that as your calling card. And, and networking is great, too. Obviously, that's sort of where you where it all inevitably leads, but without the content, you're just another person out there trying to do what everyone else is doing. That's great advice, man. That's good. Really, really solid, solid advice. Um, all right. So look, uh, our time is up for the day. Where can people, I will put a link in the show notes. This is episode number 74, crafttruck.com forward slash BOF 74. But if you want to go to, the Kickstarter campaign directly just to check it out. Where do they go, Scott? Um, well, the Kickstarter, you know, I can, I can, the, the name of the project is Alive and Kicking. Um, and so that's sort of the easiest way to search it. Um, you know, if you actually want the, uh, you know, the specific links, um, we're on Facebook. Um, it's uh, facebook.com backslash Alive and Kicking Movie. Um, the Twitter, our Twitter is at alive underscore kicking 15, um, the number 15 and the Kickstarter is, uh, it's a long string of an address. So it's, it's a long, you, you need a really simple, like pretty link, man. <laughs> yeah, we do actually. I think you can, you can get a, a link to the, um, to the Kickstarter thing. If you just go to, uh, breakingballfilms.com. No, you know what? Um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm doing. You know, I, I now, now I'm, I'm, I'm interjecting here. If you want to go to the Kickstarter campaign and listen to this site, go to crafttruck.com. Kick my face! I'm making that up. How's it, how is it? No, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. I, I'm, I'm making this up. No, at crafttruck.com. Uh, alive. What do you think? Is that good? Alive. Yeah, just, just, just alive. Easy, crafttruck.com sure. forward slash alive. Okay, if you listen you to the site, if you want to check out that campaign, that, 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 uh, that uh, campaign, I was looking for the word there, campaign, crafttruck.com forward slash alive, and you'll get there. Okay. There we go. Done. All right, there you have it. That was Scott's, uh, Scott's show, uh, Alive and Kicking, is the name of his Kickstarter campaign. Scott, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing with us that information about the show. Again, if you want to check it out, you can do that. 
crafttruck.com forward slash alive. The funny thing is, at the beginning of the intro, when I just when I just recorded this this intro like two seconds ago, uh, uh, I was using the uh, the pretty link there, quote unquote, that uh, we made up there live live on this show. Um, so yeah, check. Check it out. It's really, that's really not funny. I, I don't know why I'm finding that funny. Um, but hey, anyway, uh, I did love and I did dig a lot what Scott was saying there at the end. Uh, really and truly, that is some, that, that is, that was some awesome advice. So, uh, Scott's a very, a very awesome dude. He's, he's got a lot of, a lot of years under his belt, uh, you know, working, working in the business. So I, I wish him the best of luck with his campaign. We will, uh, certainly monitor it and keep track of it. So there you have it. We'll, uh, oh, yeah, we won't be back next week uh, because I am going to take that week off, maybe two, but we will be back soon um, unless we land up doing one of these randomly just because somebody calls and says, hey, let's do something. But anyway, I'm babbling and it's a beautiful day outside, so the summer beckons. Enjoy, everybody. Get out there, get some sun, take your shoes off, enjoy the grass out there with your shoes off and just soak up everything that the earth the earth has kind of given you.